ברוכים הבאים, שם השם. ברכנוכם מבייס השם. Welcome to our Wednesday night cheer. Weekly, and we mean weekly, every week, ברוך השם. השם שגיב אזכיח, further and further every week. This week, פרש ויקל. Some people are disappointed in that it's not Chazak this week. Usually Vayakel and Pekude join together, and thereby it would be, would be Chazak. We could go on to speak all evening about how it's not Chazak. Which should be a little bit of a. Uh, it almost looked like a filibuster, a time killer. To talk about a non entity. Pashva Yakel. Today is Chof Other. I'd like to give a shout out to my son, Malachi Tzalach. Happy birthday. Langig is not the faith of Yarin. We also had my daughter, Chaim Mushkaz's birthday this week. And Yudches. Also, the Havdal. We send out our condolences to the Kotler family. The loss of their father. I can't make any eulogies yet because I haven't prepared the eulogy for tomorrow. <laughs> Young fellow, though. We are now within a month of Purim. For those of you that were on the email list this morning and you received the brochure for Purim, you've began to leaf through the brief halachas. If you're not in the New York area, you please check the times, if I place, post it any times on the uh, calendar. If you're out of the New York area and you received it, it's actually an invitation trying to get you to come here for that weekend. Um, it would be wonderful. We'd have the honor to spend Shabbos with you and then go straight through Purim. We'll start drinking Friday night and finish Sunday night. It'd be wonderful. Well, I finish Sunday night. Sure, <laughs> no reason for remarks. There we go. Laws of Purim around the screen. Thirty days before the holiday it is a Chachomim established. We should discuss the laws of the upcoming holiday. We'll discuss a few of the laws. Starting with this year, Purim is, of course, as we all know, again on a Sunday, which is, um, in essence, a wonderful thing. First of all, it's not a work day. So for many of us, since we don't have to go to work, we can celebrate Purim saying Yiddish well you have to do it, do it right you're not concerned you don't have to come running home from the office you don't have to have a problem finding a minion to read the Megillah, etc you can get a 9 o'clock, a 10 o'clock minion, not like us people who have really I don't know, some horrific conscience that gets us in shul at 6.15 so that we can have the first possible Megillah reading at 6.35 or 6.37, but it's going to be a little difficult, actually, because we changed the clock. So since the clock changes, Netzacham will be an hour later. The clock is being changed the, fr- the Saturday night before. Now the Saturday night of Purim, March 9th, they're changing the clock, they spring ahead which will make this manam that much later, which makes Shabbos finish here in New York approximately a quarter to eight. Um, so please bear that in mind that your calendars and your 
also going to have Purim for the Suda. Of course, the um, Shkia is that much later. She gives you that much more time to drink. Or, for some of us, that much more time to read the Megillah again and again and again and again and again. Like the Energizer Buddies. Um, unfortunately, you cannot hear the Megillah via Skype or over the phone. Sorry, apologies. Um, you also can't join my Sudaspurim via Skype because you're just not going to get full watching us eat. Um, maybe we could, you know, if we if we uh, get far enough into the Lachaims, maybe we could uh, broadcast the Divritera uh, and the Simcha of Purim. TBA. Um, because Purim is Sunday, and Titus Esther is always the day before Purim, and we do not fast on Shabbos, barring Yom Kippur, and as we spoke a few weeks ago, also our son of Atavis would be, if it would be on Shabbos, we would also fast. But since it doesn't come out on Shabbos, we haven't got that problem. So therefore, the fast has to go earlier. We cannot fast on Friday, barring a Sarabatevis, which we do fast on Fridays, because you have to go into Shabbos comfortable. You can enjoy your meal properly, and also because, excuse me, you wouldn't be making kiddush until nacht, until nighttime. You don't make kiddush till then. You're fast, you're going to be fasting on Shabbos. And therefore, only Asar HaBetev is that allowed. So the fast would be on Thursday. Thursday prior, Thursday before Purim, the 13th of March. It is not a 24-hour fast, it is only a day fast. From sunrise until a little earlier actually. So I believe we posted here in New York, I believe the fast ends approximately at 7.25. One of the mitzvahs done on Purim is on Tainus Esther, I'm sorry, is the mitzvah of Machzis HaShekel. The redemption that a person does, the average Machzis HaShekel, the Machzis HaShekel is given to a poor organization. What is done is, as we've discussed before, those who need the refresher course, we go to a person that has the silver coins, silver half dollars, three silver half dollars, you purchase the silver half dollars for a minimum of a dollar fifty, you then take each coin one at a time, you lift it up, and you lift up, you take one, two, and three, all three in your hand, and you raise them up, you put them back down on the plate or the table, and you repeat three times. What? That's not what it says in Chabad Seven twenty-five. Go to Chabad Arorik. Shkiz is seven. Whatever. Consult locally your your. Um, Local rabbi for your times, actually. It says that on the brochure as well. Matzah Shekel is done three times. Don't add anybody. You're not on the Try telling me, try Shekel is done three times. Now, there are those who have a custom to do it for each member of their family. For the family members. 
for family members such as women or girls, the husband or the father can do it for them. Boys under bar mitzvah, father does it for them. Over bar mitzvah, the child does it himself. However, this is not a cut and dry issue that must be done that way. If one undertakes to do it, you cannot mix and match. You cannot do it this year and not next year. Once you undertake to start doing this, you must do this every single year. Unless you say it Bill Nether, which is, in this case, I believe, a um, suffix, if you can do that also. The plus is, of course, that we're not fasting into Purim. Usually the fast Tainas is, as we said, before the day of Purim, before Purim, and therefore once the fast finishes and we're reading the Megillah, we're half, half dead until we can actually eat after the Megillah reading. For Halachas, whether or not you can eat or drink before Megillah reading on a fast day, when Tainas Esther is Erev Purim, we will discuss it on when that Kviyas comes up. I believe it's been discussed before, also on Archive Shirim. Tainas Esther, we read in the morning, even though it's on Thursday, where we ordinarily would be reading the Pasha Shavuot, we read in the morning and in the afternoon for Mincha, we'll read the Torah portion of Ayechal Moshe, which is found in Kisisa. Slichas is then recited in the morning and in the afternoon. Whereas if, if Tainasesta was Erev Purim, we would not say Slichas by Mincha, but we do say the Avino Malkeno, etc., by Mincha in this case. Okay, that is part of our insightful halakhas for this upcoming holiday, which is within 30 days, as we said. Next week we will continue with other halakhas relevant to Purim itself. Going back to Pasha Vayakhel, although we're not reading Vayakhel and Pekudai jointly, as we said before, but Vayakhel and Pekudai do bring up a question that after the Teda has already enumerated and elaborated in all the different scriptures on the commandments of God, where God commands Mesha as far as the building of the ta- the Mishkan, Tabernacle, as we read already before in Pasha's Truma and Tetzava, and something in Kisisa as well, the garments, they all has to say in one sentence the Jews did what they were told exactly how the Almighty commanded Mesha to do it the Jews did it why therefore does the Tater repeat once again everything all the things all the different items all the different parts of the Mishkan, all the different Kalim, etc. The simple answer, of course, we find the story of Eliezer, Avram Avinu's son, of a servant, goes out to find a match for Yitzchak. And the Tater tells us the entire happening, the entire story, of how he goes to, match, to find the match for Yitzchak, conversation that takes place, etc. Then when he returns to Avraham Avinu, the Tater repeats once again dialogue, conversation, happening, etc. So there the question is asked, of course, why is the Tater repeating everything told again? And the Kalal is said, Rashi explains, because Yafa Sikhoson shall Avde Ovis Mitayoson shall Bonim. 
it's more value, it's more beautiful, more precious. The conversation of the servants of our fathers than the tata of the children. When something is valuable to the Almighty, the way He shows, the way the Almighty shows the endearment is by repeating it in the tata. We see therefore from here in depth we're not talking here about halachas we're not talking here about laws about lessons life lessons that are going on here it's a story and the story describes the happening It is so valuable though to the Almighty that he repeats it in his data. So we can say probably the same thing here. When it comes to the Kalim, the vessels that were involved in the tabernacle, the building of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, out of value out of endearment of the Almighty, since the building of the Mishkan was made for the resting of the Shekhinah, a dwelling place where the Almighty could rest. As it says back in Truma, V'yasuli Migdash V'shechanti B'seicham Make me the tabernacle and I shall rest amongst you. And especially within there was Edus Yisrael, which the Almighty forgave them for Chata Egel. This passion, therefore, is so dear to the Abishta that he ceased to repeat it. Even though there's no new dinim really. The description of the building, of the making of the Mishkan, that because it's Yafa Sichoson, even of Teda, the Teda then repeats it. Let us begin though, what lessons can we actually derive from the study of Pashas Vayakhil? One of the repetitions here, not having to do with the Mishkan, is the discussion again of Shabbos. Vayakhil Mesha is called Bnei Yisrael, Vayemer Aleihem. Mesha gathered the entire nation and said to them, devarim, these are the things I should see by Hashem Lassi, say some the Almighty commanded you to do. Yomim, malacha, six days a week you should work. On the seventh should be holy. However, you must. If anyone does, does do work, he will be put to death. The Torah continues, Do not kindle a fire. And then again it says, Moshe spoke now to the Jews saying, This is what the Almighty commanded to do. Take for you Truma of Hashem and begins to discuss the building of the temple, of the tabernacle. Rashi, dealing as we said to the Bechamish the Mikra, and his 
clarification of everything the Torah says, explains why is again here the commandment of the prohibitions of Shabbos brought down with the commandments of what has to happen in the temple, in the tabernacle. Even more so, Rashi says, Higdim lahem azara Shabbos, the Tzivim leches hamishkan, preceded, first he spoke about the warnings of Shabbos, and then about the Malachas HaMishkan. Leimar to tell us, says Rashi, She'ene Deiches HaShabbos. The building of the tabernacle does not push away the Shabbos. One may not desecrate the Shabbos for the building of the tabernacle. The words of Rashi need a lot of clarification here. If the mention here of Shabbos is only an introduction to the main thing, the temple, tabernacle, to teach us that the tabernacle's construction does not allow us to desecrate the Shabbos, it should have been in one sentence. In one expression that the Almighty tell them, they gather together, keep Shabbos, no working, and bring the Truma, do the construction. But rather here, the Pasuk doesn't do that. We have Ayemer Aleyhem when it comes to Shabbos, and when it comes to the tabernacle, a separate conversation. If that's the case, it's being divided as a total separate entity. Now we have to clarify what is so severe. If they have not, then it's not really, in essence, an introduction, but rather two separate entities. So, what lesson are we now going to learn again from Shabbos desecration and the Shabbos that we haven't learned until now? The reason that Moshe repeats and commands again the warnings of Shabbos, as we said, is to teach us that it's not the building of the tabernacle is not allowed to be done on Shabbos. Any constructions, any anything that are being done, cannot be done to desecrate the Shabbos. These commandments of keeping the Shabbos we heard already in the Ten Commandments. So what is it then in essence all of a sudden that we're learning about Shabbos that we now hear from this that this cannot be done the work of the tabernacle does not push it off. What new innovation, what new invent, in, declaration is done here that was not done in the Ten Commandments? Let us first, in that case, scrutinize the commandment in the Ten Commandments of not desecrating Shabbos, of keeping Shabbos holy, was preceded by Yidaber Alekim Eskol Advarim The Almighty spoke all these words. 
And Rashi explains that the Almighty said all Ten Commandments in one shot. In one dibur, one expression. And all the Jews heard this exact expression where all Ten Commandments were blurted at once. When Moshe in turn spoke and let the Assassin's let them voice the Assassin's again to them a second time. And he elaborated on each and every one of the Ten Commandments. He repeated what he heard from the Abishta, what he heard from the Almighty. And according to opinion, when Moshe repeated it, you still heard the Almighty's voice. That the Abishta Kvayachal repeated it together with Moshe. Another thing, the Ten Commandments were said in a tremendously loud voice. So much so, the way the Torah tells us, Viro'u es you were able to see the sound. A third and third concept by Yaseris Hadibris. When they heard the Yaseris Hadibris, the Jews repli- replied, they responded on what it had to say yes, yes, and what they had to say no, no. A fourth concept. All of the mitzvahs, there was a pecking order. The chain of command. Moshe spoke to Aaron, Aaron, Moshe, Moshe, but rather here first went to Aaron, to his sons, and to his Kainim. And it went down one to the other till it was given to each and every Jew. This is, of course, brought down for those keeping score at home. In the Gemara Eidavin, 54, side 2. The Aseris Adibinus was said as each and every one of the Jews stood together in Hasinai. Anoshim, Noshim, Taf, there was no separation. And the Torah, therefore, was given. Kolben Yisrael biyachad together. These four concepts are what makes the commandments of the Ten Commandments outstanding. So when Moshe repeats now the mitzvah of Shabbos, the Ten Commandments. Therefore, it is now shown to us, given to us to understand why Mishkan is not Deche Shabbos. Even though the Malachas HaMishkan, the work of the Mishkan, the main point was as the Almighty says, Make for me a Migdash and I will dwell amongst you. It's not possible that the commandment that Moshe commands now pushes off Shabbos. It's not possible. The commandment that Moshe is commanding now about the, ta- about the building of the tabernacle could possibly override what was said and discussed by the Ten Commandments said by the Almighty to each and every Jew. 
Therefore, now in our Pasha, also, it is mentioned as two separate entities. Two separate commandments. The warning about Shabbos and the construction of the temple, of the tabernacle. First it says, And then it says, Because there's a tremendous difference between these commandments. The command of keeping Shabbos, of what beware of Shabbos, is a repetition of what everyone heard from the Almighty. And the command of building the tabernacle, only Moshe heard from the Almighty. And now he's commanding this to the Jews. Since they have different sources, in essence, therefore, Moshe says this in two separate entities. The fact, though, that keeping Shabbos is from is something that we heard from Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the Ten Commandments, that is why we understand what Moshe says when he says, Hashem to do them." The words Lasaisam are extra. Especially since the laws of Shabbos were mentioned already. It's a commandment of Kumvasai. Stand up and do it. Actually, it's not a Kumvasai. It's not something Lasaisam, stand up and do this. But it's a commandment a person needs to refrain from doing work. Shlilas Asiya it's called. Although the word Lasis means to do, to, to fulfill. The word, the wording here is not filled. Because if the commandment Lasis here, the concept of Shabbos refers to that you shouldn't, what you're not allowed to do. In the Ten Commandments, it doesn't only say Shomer Ezeim Shabbos, keep the Shabbos, but it says Zohar to remember it as well. Which is a commandment, that something, a positive commandment the person has to do, he has to give to his heart and constantly remember the concept of Shabbos throughout the 24, 26 hours of Shabbos. If a person has something nice, they should prepare it and keep it for Shabbos. This is therefore what it says, Lasses, a seer of a What does this have to do with us? Since the commandment and the warning of the Isa Malachas Shabbos is only a single entity, and the commandments of the working of the the building of the tabernacle. Still in all, Moshe made this an entity of its own, with a special warning. And therefore he repeats now what he said, what was commanded from the Almighty on the Etzem Inyan Shemitah Shabbos. More so, from the Apostle it says, Vayakel Moshe Sheshesomim, he gathered, and he said about the six days, and only afterwards, Vayyemim Moshe, Take Truma. This shows us that the gathering of the Jewish nation was mainly to warn them about Shabbos. Only afterwards is it talk about the construction of the tabernacle, which was an entity, an entity 
needed for the resting of the Almighty. Therefore, we are shown the re- the relevance, the importance la frushim isura to keep ourselves separated from isur, as the Gemara for those keeping score at home, Masech the Shabbos, Daf Mem Amid Beis, 40, side 2, discusses the separation from Isr. When a Jew is involved in the highest things, the main things of something, the resting, of, resting place of the Almighty, the building of the tabernacle, while he's doing this, and even before that, he has to know to be careful to the ultimate impeccable impeccable scrutiny from doing anything other. The Blavi Yitzchak Abadichev, very holy Jew, and one of amongst his many customs he never traveled on Friday afternoon. If his travels brought him somewhere, and it was Friday, was already midday, was already there, they stopped, and that's where they spent the Shabbos, even if this was not necessarily on his itinerary. There was one such Friday, the Levi Yitzchok arrived in a town, that unfortunately the inhabitants of the town had gone through a little bit of a rough water, shall we say, over the few months prior. Over the few months prior, a couple of, shall we call them charlatans, in addition this week, that came imposters saying that they were waiting for their tzaddik posing as the gabai and as the shamas, the servant and the sexton of the great holy righteous man that's about to come to town and the people were very excited that there was a holy man coming to town and therefore they gave even the the committee utmost respect and honor and they gave them glory and unfortunately bestowed upon them some riches as well give that back if you don't like it (laughs) and so now, when the Badichava arrived in town, the people were quite fed up with being taken for a ride. And they thought the Badichava and his entourage was another bunch of fraud. To make matters worse, one of the locals even testified to what's being in Badichev and seeing the Tzadik in Badichev, and this was not him. So the community decided that Friday night they're going to let him have his fun. On Shabbos they're going to call him up to the tater. He's not no, sleeping already. And when he comes up onto the bima, they're going to teach him a lesson. They're going to teach him a pizza.
They'll beat him to the inch of his, within an inch of his life. He'll learn a lesson not to come to defraud them. No, you can only imagine. Whoops. You can only imagine when the Gaboyim, when the people that were with the Badichva got wind of what was going on, they said to the Badichva, it's Friday afternoon still, but and we don't travel afternoon after Hatzais, but it's dangerous here. There's something amiss, something wrong here, something not good here. We better get out of here now. And the Baditra said, I never travel. On Friday after Chatzais, I'm not starting now. Well, there was no convincing the Baditra. And Shabbos comes in. On Friday night, the Baditra comes to Shul. And the Baditra had a very, very interesting way of davening, apparently. He was extremely loud, boisterous, and almost um, wild. He would rant. He would go, he would go back and forth, and he would scream and yell. People were quite taken by his, his avoida. And they almost were led to believe that, you know what, he, he might be a real thing. But they were so, so dead set on the fact that he wasn't, there was nothing that can convince them otherwise. And therefore, they said that the show is good, he's putting on a great act, but he's not the real McCoy. And the plan stood that tomorrow they'll call him to the Teda and he will get a beating. While the Radichev was davening Kabbalah Shabbos, a guy was walking by outside the shul. And he heard these sounds, this screaming, this ranting, this yelling. And he asked somebody there, well, what's going on in there? This is this a new ritual? You kill somebody? What are you the fellow told him, no, this is a man who claims to be the tzaddik from Badichev. Maybe it's like Badichev. And this is the way he serves God. No, needless to say, it didn't affect the guy whatsoever. <laughs> it's, you know, that's what he wants. <coughs> You say whatever floats your boat, and the guy left. The guy traveled through the few hours. And a few hours later, he arrived in the next town, and he came into the inn, the Jewish innkeeper, and he took his nachayim. No, the, the innkeeper said to him. What's going on? What do you see? What do you hear? Oh, you know something interesting. In the last town that I was in, I heard this guy screaming and yelling from the synagogue. And I asked who it is, and they told me it was the tzaddik from Badichev. Levi Yitzchak Badichev. The innkeeper didn't live in a town. He had an inn on the roadside. But he needed, he had a family, and his children had to learn, so he had employed a Malamed, he had a teacher for his children. This Malamed heard from the guy that the Badichva was in the town over, and he remembers, he was in Badichev, and he remembers the tremendous spirituality and holiness that he saw in the eyes of the Badichva, and that really moved his soul. He said, I must go see him. The is a town over, I have to go see him. And immediately the Malamid set out 
to go to the town where the guy described. All of a sudden, after about an hour walking in the forest, this Muhammad realizes, Oi, it's Tchum Shabbos. On Shabbos, you only let her walk a certain amount of feet of cubits. It's about 2,000 alim outside of inhabited area. There's a thing called an Ediv, of course. Not Ediv Tavshilun, and not Ediv Chatzedes. It's called Ediv Tchumim. Where you go before Shabbos, and you set up at that point, the 2,000 Elim, you set up food, chalas, wine, and that gives you another 2,000. It's almost like the override, overdraft in the bank. Um, the fellow is walking and he gets to a point and he says Oy vey, it's Shabbos. I, I can't I'm not allowed to do this on Shabbos I'm not allowed to walk anymore but he says the Helek HaBadichev is in the next town how can I not go to him and he continues going and again he stops, and again he goes, and again he stops. And this is going on and on and on, through almost throughout the entire night. He keeps stopping, because he's scared, he's being Michal Shabbos, and yet, he can't stop, because he has to go see the Badichavah. He got to the town morning already. The Eden were in shul already. The Eden were getting ready, were ready davening, and they were getting ready to read the Teda. And he stood outside the shul with awe and trepidation. And he saw the holy Badichava going up to the Bima. And he smashed the door open of the shul and he runs in and says, Rebbe! I was Mechal Shabbos. I desecrated the Holy Shabbos. I walked outside of the Tchum. Everybody froze. Here they were getting ready to pounce on this imposter. And they hear this man come in and say, Rebbe. And the Badichavit turns to him and says, No, my kind. You are not Mechal Shabbos. For Pekuach Nefesh, you're allowed to be Mr. Chal Shabbos. When it comes to saving a life of a Jew, one may desecrate the Shabbos. Don't take that as a carte blanche statement. The laws are very involved. Even the members of Atzala, etc., who are always going to save people's lives, there are limitations they know and they learn and follow and abide by. He said, no, my kind. You saved my life just now. When the people saw this, and knew that the Badichva understood what this man said, and they knew that the man understood this was really the Badichva, they were very, very taken aback. And needless to say, the plan was withdrawn, and the Badichva was saved from any harm. When it comes to the Malachas HaMishkan though, Shabbos cannot be desecrated. When it comes to the wielding of the tabernacle, the same thing does not come apply. There was a holy chassid, who many considered almost a Rebbe, Hill Paracha. Reb Hill used to travel in Miftzayim. And he used to go from town to town inspiring people. He came to a Jewish hamlet and he found out that Nebuchadnezzar Shabbos was really in the dumps here. 
people just did not keep Shabbos, they all worked on Shabbos. So immediately he called in a Fabrengen, all the storekeepers, all the businessmen, and he spoke to them at great length, and he inspired them, and he encouraged them, and he convinced them that Shabbos they won't work. And they all agreed, but with one stipulation. There was one very wealthy merchant who did not attend this Fabrengen. And if he's going to stay open on Shabbos, he's going to wipe us all out. Put his back in the freezer. Ronan, this is better. And so, the Hill Potter reached out to this fellow and he sent him a message to please come see him. But the man refused. A second and a third message all to which the man declined. Man declined. It came Friday night when all the storekeepers came together to daven with the Hill Parache. Except for this fellow. But this fellow wasn't going to work either. This fellow was at home. He had a little bit of an issue. He was developing some really excruciating pains. The pain was getting, getting so severe that his wife went running to Hill Paracha. Although they were not very religious and not very observant, but she understood she needed a blessing from Rabbi Hillel to save her husband. And the people that were there, Chsidim, observed a very, very awkward sight as if Hill didn't blink an eye. Not only did he not extend the blessing for the man's before Shalema, he did not even express this expression of Shabbos Yimelizek Refua Kreva Shabbos cries out and a Refua will come. And the citizens told him, at least say that. He wouldn't. The man's pain increased throughout Shabbos. On Mount Shabbos, the woman thought the man was going to die from his pain. And once again she came to Hilaparacha to beg forgiveness and ask that he prays. And Hill Parashat said, Shabbos Yimelizik, or the four crave alove. The woman was very happy, and she went home, and the husband was healed. And the Chassidim said, what was that? During Shabbos you wouldn't say it, now after Shabbos you're saying it? Hill Parashat said, Shabbos Yimelizik. As long as Shabbos was able to, was screaming about this man, desecrating Shabbos, nothing could help him. But now that Shabbos is over, Shabbos, Shabbos is no longer screaming. Then the Refua Krevelove, he can have a Refua Shlema. And therefore, and thereby the man began to keep the Shabbos holy thereafter. But in essence, what is this all about? Six days you work, and the seventh day you should be Kedish. But not just Kedish, not just Shabbos Kedish, but Shabbos Shabbos Lashem. A Shabbos of Shabbos. Dover HaMelech tells us in the, the Holy Book of Tehillim Psalms, chapter 128, verse... Two. Yegiya kapecho kiseichel. 
Now, interestingly, in Chabad, in the learning of Chassidus, if you want to know how true, how real the study of Chassidus is, the Rebbe spoke many sikhs on many different parshas and many different topics. When you come to parshas by Yakel, for example, there are many different volumes of the Rebbe's talks with many different, some volumes have two or three talks on that particular portion of the Torah. Very often time we find, we discuss together a Sicha that we had randomly chosen Everyone chose randomly, and it turns out they all chose randomly the same sicha that week. So this is a sicha ultimately that my wife, who has a study partner every day, had chosen randomly to learn. I was very excited to hear when she tried to repeat some of it to my son, that it's a sicha that he randomly studied. And therefore when I prepared it, I said to myself, oh... I see it fits into the mold. Chassidus explains that when a person involves himself in his work to support himself and his family, only kapecha, we work only with our hands, but not with our head. It doesn't say the work of your head, it says the work of your hands. Even if you're doing mathematical calculations for the IRS, you're still doing it with your computer, with your hands. (laughs) And the reason is, because in truth, a person's food, a person's support does not come to him, comes to him through his involvement, through his work, but it only comes not from himself, but from the Almighty Himself. The Almighty who zonam afarnes elam kulei. The fact that He does work is a keli, it's a vessel, it's an intermediary, and through this, the Almighty's blessing comes down. When a person recognizes truly that his parnasa comes from the Almighty, then he understands through working, through involving, by doing anything more than the norm, he's not going to make anything more than the Almighty wants to give him. And therefore we tell the person, don't put your head into it. Like the famous story that we told before, Rebbe repeats it many times, the fellow that was selling Kaloshin, he sold boots, this is the season especially this winter, boots, very important. Fellow sold boots, and one day, middle of Shabbos afternoon, it was either during the Suda, during the Rebbe's talking, the Rebbe saw that this person was thinking about his business, his boots. So the Rebbe looked at him and said, We don't put our heads in the boots, we put our feet in the boots. He was, his whole head, his whole involvement, whole life was in his boots. We don't put the head in the work. We do the work we have to do with our, whatever we can, and the rest natural, takes nature takes its course. That's why it says, Not ta'ase, but te'ase. It should be done. The melacha is done automatic. Not because you did more about this work than the norm. As if the work happened by itself, without any involvement of the person at all. When a person works in this fashion, and believes and knows that the Almighty is on him, and he doesn't throw his head into it, 
then the whole week is Shabbos. It's a Shabbos Nikiyid. Like it says in Sefer Achinuch, and I know I still owe the explanation, the difference between Sefer Achinuch and Sefer Amitzvahs, I know I still owe it, it's an outstanding debt that I have to make up. It brings down in Sefer Achinuch, the Mitzvah Lamed Beis, that the union of Shabbos is Likveya Benavshiseinu and Munas Chidush Ha'ilam. To establish in our souls the belief of the renewal of the world. And this is the Amunah Chidush Ha'ilam. The fact that a person establishes his soul throughout the week to know that Shabbos is coming. The entire week is around Shabbos. Then the seventh day, since he's a Shabbos to the whole week, Memele, the seventh day is not just Shabbos, but Shabbos Shabbosoin. It reaches to that higher level. May we all merit to the Yem Shekulei Shabbos, which is the Yem Shekulei Shabbos of Menucha Lachai which is the day, the days of Bias Mashiach, that Kainu may we merit. That Vayakel, we should all be gathered together this for this Shabbos already and find ourselves in Yerushalayim, in Akedish, Lechayim for the birthday boy, Lechayim for all the Eden, for Klal Yisrael. Shabbat Shalom to all. How's everybody? Hey Adam, I gotta talk to you.